0: Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business
1: and beyond. Thanks for being here and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back everybody to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you all for uh, hopping on for another great episode. Uh, Looking forward to uh, bringing this next one to you guys. I love covering brands that have never really been franchised before. And I think that this is a category that we really haven't seen in the franchise space. You know, I, when I first heard of it, was having a bit of trouble wrapping my head around it until it was explained to me like I was a child. And now I really, truly understand the value and we'll kind of go through it um, in a moment. It is a very locally oriented business and you guys will see what I mean in a moment. Um, but I really believe that you know franchising has just such a large role to play in local communities, and this is a really great fit. And um, it's just fascinating that nobody else, um, that people just didn't decide to do it until our next guest um, really decided to take the plunge. And so, looking forward to talking about that uh, in a, in just a little bit here. Uh, but before we get going with that, um, you know, as of this listening, you guys will probably have heard a uh, multi unit will have already. Um, we'll have already um, taken place in Vegas, so that's going to be in about two weeks' time from when we're recording now. So typically about three weeks after we record is when this goes live, so you probably won't be hearing this until then. But um, we do have some exciting news. Uh, Springboard has been solidified in terms of the dates, so those are going to be September 28th to September 30th. Uh, we are going to be at the Old City Marriott in Philadelphia, so we have taken more space uh, due to demand that we are getting from all the great people in franchising. Um, We had record numbers last year uh, during, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, which was um, pretty amazing. So we're really excited to bring um, more hotel rooms and bigger events and all of those things to Springboard as it continues to grow. Uh, So looking forward to seeing you all there. Uh, Additionally, uh, I was having some discussions earlier today. Uh, Ryan and I are going to be bringing back Young Conference for yet another year. Uh, we are actually planning to, um, despite the fact we did it towards the end of January, to do it again in November. Uh, you know, dates and settings are going to be um, determined probably in the next couple months here. So stay tuned, you know, on you know, stay tuned on this channel for us to continue to update you on what ends up happening there. But I'm thinking that it'll probably be in the first two weeks of November uh and it will be somewhere warm. So those are the two things I can guarantee to you guys uh between now and then. Okay. So, uh looking forward to this next ep- next episode. As I mentioned, you know, it is really interesting that nobody has really decided to get into this until now and I'm really happy um that I'm uh that I was able to kind of get in and get an explanation from uh the man with the plan at the ground floor here. Uh, I'm really happy to have the founder of Southern Steer. I have Greg Snyder on with us today. Uh Greg, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think that it's just I really do believe it is fascinating, you know, what you do as an industry. And, you know, I, I think this was a large part of my life. Uh, I, my family uh, ate tons and tons of meat growing up. And so it was our, our preferred butcher was right down the street from us. Mm -hmm. And it's such a low, it's such a large part of every community. So talk to me a bit about why you decided to, you know, start the brand. And then also additionally, additionally, why you decided to franchise it.
0: Um, well, the, the, the birth of the brand came from, um, you know, the idea of the local butcher shop, um, where you could come in and ask questions, get cooking instructions, you know, get a heightened level of service over what you might find at the big box grocer. Um, you know, we also came with the idea to bring some very unique and differentiated products that you're not finding at the big box grocers as well. Um, and then to also kind of create a community presence with, you know, our store to, you know, help local charities and organizations, um, you know, out through, you know, their missions uh, as well. Um, I came from a background in the restaurant business. I was in corporate restaurants for a long time. And one of the things that I think excelled in the restaurants I was in and the brands I was with is that hospitality was always a big play. Yeah. And one of the things I think that I saw a weakness in in a lot of retail is they didn't bring that same sort of uh, sense of enthusiasm about hospitality to the table. So I felt, you know, there was a unique uh, kind of uh, breeding that could go on there. If you could take a unique business with a unique idea and some unique products and pepper in a little uh, hospitality and, you know, where everybody knows your name mentality to the table, um, you know, a brand could be born that could, uh, you know, make an impact.
1: Yeah, I think that it's just, it's funny to me, you know, as you were kind of on the other side of the corporate restaurant side, and you see, you know, getting more on the, you know the the meat distribution side we can kind of call it that i suppose for a moment but it's just interesting to see that that hospitality hadn't really been you know taken through and through uh in a more in, in a smaller setting i think that it you see it a lot you know store within a store uh in the franchise space and i think that you know, there's arguments to be made that could be a growth model for you guys as as things move forward as well. You know, there's a lot of the sky is the limit, really, in terms of what you guys are up to and just being able to reach the community in such a large way. You know, in terms of differentiation, if you wouldn't mind kind of going through it, you know, why did you guys decide that franchising was the way to, to go about it? And I think moreover, you know, how do you guys feel, you know, I guess – in a more concrete way that you are, that you are, I guess, disrupting the space.
0: One of The main reasons we went into franchising is to give other people who, you know, maybe want to take into our model and be an entrepreneur that way. It's one of the main reasons we took franchising as our role to grow or our way to grow. Um, mm-hmm. What was the second question? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. And the second question really for me is that I think it's just interesting to see you guys wanted to be able to have, allow other people to have the opportunity to really you know find out more about what it would be like to be this differentiated localized you know butcher to a community and be able to do all those things i guess my question is is how are you differentiating from you know if there are others that are out there that are trying to franchise this that i'm not aware of maybe uh, or you know how are you really feeling like you're able to differentiate against that you know that local mom and pop uh, that's out there that may just not have the distribution model that you guys will have as you grow
0: um well i i think one of our important strategies is to find locations where you know your, your your majority of your shoppers are going to the big box grocers and you know we go into areas where we could tap into those shoppers to be a part of our revenue um you know as far as differentiating ourselves from you know the mom and paws of the world I think our our biggest strategy is just to, you know, pepper hospitality across the board into all the stores and to make sure the franchisees that we bring on board understand the vision of the brand and the culture and what made it successful in the first store and the second store. And now our third store that's opened up, um, you know, taking that culture and replicating it every time we open a new store. And I think that level of success we've had in the other three stores should parlay as long as they follow the model and the commitment to hospitality.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, digging into that a little bit further on the franchise development side, you know, what type of operator are you looking for? Is it somebody that needs to have experience in the, you know, the food and beverage space or the hospitality space? Is it somebody that, you know, is just really passionate about being involved in their local community and just loves food and, and or things like that? Or does it have nothing to do with either of those things? I guess I'm just kind of curious about that.
0: Well I think you know you, you definitely hit the nail on the head with uh, two of the big components. Um, I think somebody in a food service background that understands minimizing waste is how you're going to maximize your profit, um, especially corporate restaurants where they had a million ways to analyze data to make sure you were you know optimal efficiency. Um, and people that have that background are going to understand the models and the, the, the playbooks that we have together um, a little easier but at the same time they're extremely teachable and trainable that you know we can take somebody with not a lot of hospitality or not a lot of food service experience and make them successful as well um, both the operators in our first two stores didn't have a ton uh, of background and they bought one of them bought the uh, second location we opened uh, this past year and uh, it's now their now their franchise and they really didn't have a ton of know, food management experience going into it. Um, Our first franchisee in our Orlando location, um, he had a copier company. We were able to teach him the model as well for him, um, you know, how to run it. So it's not imperative that they have a food service background, but they will have tackled part of the learning curve with it. But it's not insurmountable to not have it. Um, And again, community presence, like you said, understanding that being part of the community is going to make them...
1: Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. So tell me a bit about from a technology perspective really how all that fits into this. Are you guys, you know, I just considering your background, you know, you mentioned data a little bit earlier and I would imagine that does play a really large role in what you guys are up to. You know, how is technology playing a role? I would imagine that as you guys begin to scale that will become more and more important as you guys, you know, begin to grow outside of, you know, the the communities that you're in currently. Um, just simply because that's the best part about being being a franchise versus a mom and pop is that you just have that scale to go out and get be a little bit more nimble from a technology perspective. So just talk to me a bit about maybe you guys haven't implemented yet or maybe you're starting to, but about you know what you're imagining um as it relates to that side.
0: Uh, as far as technology goes, it's like seems like every day we come up with a new way to embrace it and use it. Um, you know we've we went to when we opened our second location, I went to a um, a standard point of sale system, we use Clover, you know, and that that gave me the ability to see sales data and labor data um, from a distance. Um, And then from there, um, we went into using an accounting software that's on a cloud that is very granular in the inventory model and allows us to track inventory data month to month to, um, you know, see what their cost of goods are in each location. Um, That can be managed from a remote location as well. You can see it from a remote location. Um, We used to have printed boards in all the stores with prices and specials and deals. We went to TV screens, um, TV monitors in all the stores with the ability to update those TV screens as often as we needed to in each of the stores with new specials or combos or something we're running or new things that are happening. So we've took that technology there as well. Um, most recently, we've uh, decided rather than the hard laminated recipe cards, we're going to go to an iPad-based system that has all the recipes on there so that if we need to make updates or changes to recipes, they can be done immediately right through the cloud. Um, we're we're going to enhance our website so that each location can have its own online ordering platform as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've seen the need and the vision and, you know, as as we move along here, we're finding new ways to use technology to make it easier for the operators and generate revenue.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think that that's always that that's always the problem. Uh, is that you find in any butcher that I've ever walked into that has no scale? You know, they the, the good old-fashioned way is the way that they like to do it and. You, you, the prices, you always walk up and the prices are completely different than what you think they're going to be and all that. And so it's an industry trope that I know you're very fully aware of. And so just hearing that is refreshing. And I think it's clear that, you know, franchising, you know, franchising this within this particular industry, you'll be differentiated quite quickly uh, because of that. And, you know, I think another way that people really do uh, find a way to be a bit more differentiated is menu innovation. And I think that for you guys, it's about being able to provide products that, you mentioned earlier that may not be found in a big box grocer or anything like that talk to me a bit about you know some examples of that and what you're really seeing and what you guys are able to provide maybe because you're maybe because you have that community feel and so you understand that certain things you know that, that certain things may play in one place versus another um you know just tell me a little bit about that
0: um well it's funny you bring up innovation because it is if you we have a list of uh, seven company principles and it's one of them on there Um, we have had a lot of success and some of our employees have had a lot of success with some of the things they've innovated in our, in our, uh, locations. Um, we've have products, we have one store in Clearwater and another one in Sarasota. They're an hour and 10 minutes apart and there are things that sell in Clearwater that you try to put out in Sarasota and they don't move. So they had to pivot and find something else to put in that place. Um, There's stuff in Sarasota that we've put out in Clearwater and people just walk past it. Like they're not even interested and don't care. So, um, you know, we're going to allow our operators to be flexible to see, okay, well, let's try these products because they're working in all these stores, you know, a few days go by and something's not moving. Well, all right, let's try plan B. What's the next thing we can put in. So um, we are going to encourage and, um, you know allow all of our franchisees to pivot you know maybe bone-in ribeye doesn't sell in their store but boneless ribeyes do so let's mm-hmm. each of those in our case you know they 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 will be given the autonomy to do what's going to be best for their business uh major product changes is something that we're still going to control as a franchise or to make sure you know the quality of what we want to put out there is, is consistent
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that makes sense and so You know, I I would also imagine that as you guys begin to scale, one of the things that you're going to have an advantage of is the vision and the data behind where to put locations. You kind of hit that on that earlier. You know, what are you guys looking for in terms of the ideal place, you know, to be to be, I guess, located, so to speak, within these communities as you're beginning to open up more and more? Is it. Is it, you know, right on Main Street type thing or does the location not necessarily matter? Is it more about word of mouth and people find you? You know, how has that historically worked?
0: Um, I think a commerce driven area is important. People are already in tune with the idea that they're going somewhere to shop or near an area to shop is definitely (laughs) important. Um, Our first location is in a giant plaza with a Home Depot and a Staples and a Joanne Fabrics. So it's got natural traffic every day uh, built in uh sarasota is in a little bit smaller uh ma and pa owned plaza so to speak um off of a very busy road there but an ingress and egress is super simple um for the shoppers uh orlando kind of mixed best of both worlds they're in kind of a very um thick commerce area uh busy highway going by uh just north of a really well-known neighborhood called windermere um just outside of orlando so that is a uh That's where we've had success with those three. Um, Jacksonville is going to be not quite as close to all the commerce, but within a good commerce area that it could could become a little more destination type of place uh, for some shoppers. So our differentiators and our reason to come is just going to have to be marketed to that area so they understand why they would want to come there.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I and I understand that word of mouth isn't everything, but I think that, you know, as it relates to the business like yours, I mean, it's really, really important. And obviously, we all know that word of mouth is not done in person quite as much as it used to be. Uh, so I think that, you know, social media does play a pretty large role. Um, tell me a bit about as you guys begin to grow as a franchise or, you know, how you guys plan to really spread the word about, you know, the different Southern Steers in each of the communities that you guys are in, is that going to be primarily through, you know, advertising? Is that going to be through social media and just having people, you know, pile on top of each other talking about, you know, this great new business that's opened up? Um, is it through text message? Maybe it's through door hangers. I don't know. But I mean, does it change by community? Uh, lots of questions there about the
0: I think the main focus is going to be social media. That presence is so important nowadays, um, you know, just to keep yourself relevant and in front of everybody. Um, The second will be um, potentially using direct mailer uh, within the community as well. Um, And then third is going to be community outreach uh, using some of our tactics that made the other, two and third store successful with letting the community know that we're here to support them. We do, you know, little things like bottled waters that have our logo on it, and we just give it away to local sports organizations to sell up their um, concession stands so that they can raise money for their organizations. um, uh, We give that water away to so many different places. I can't even think of the list right now. But, you know, little things like that 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 just kind of put our flag on the ground in many different places uh, to build awareness about who we are um, to drive the traffic into the location. Um, you know, we also do, um, in-house prep classes, which help us build rapport with customers. So as those grow within the store, that will continue to grow and filter through the community as well as part of a differentiator for us.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of way to, a lot of ways to market. Obviously, it's never get it's never it's never an uncomplicated answer. But always right. <laughs> just kind of hear, you know, how how different people are doing it. You know, I would imagine yeah. that it's it's because you guys especially it's so different because it's about what people are eating at home. You know, and I think it's about community and family coming together, grilling, all of those things that are super important to your business. That you know, doing it the doing it in the localized way, sponsoring baseball teams and door hangers and all that is still gonna be a really large part of what you do, even in 2022. Right. Um, so on trying to get people to actually come into work every day, I think of this is something that we uh, have been seeing across many different <laughs> industries. And I'm sure yours is not an exception. It does require a certain bit of know-how about food and about certain recipes. And I know some of that can be taught, but it's always nice that when you don't have to teach at all you know, is there anything interesting you guys are doing in terms of incentivizing people to come into work every day? Um, anything you guys are doing to keep them engaged, or whatever that may be, just to, you know, ensure that you're not um, dealing with COVID hours like a lot of people have had to.
0: Um, I mean, during the first part of the pandemic, we did have to deal with
1: kind of COVID hours
0: because our volume became so intense. Um, you know, we had a we had a good problem. Um, yes, <laughs> that a lot of other people weren't didn't have and um, it, it was built a lot of awareness about our brand um, since the labor market has tightened you know we've we've had some very we saw a lot of luck with some very loyal employees who have stuck with us through um, all the other opportunities that have come out there with new wages that are available um, we also went right in line with a lot of the places around us offering 12, 15, 16 bucks an hour to start, you know, we kind of got right in line with them and, you know, changed a lot of our pay scales just to make sure we could keep and retain the people that we've had for so long. Um, cause we were scared of what, <laughs> what options are we going to have if they go and nobody's coming in to apply. Um, we need to figure out everything we can do to keep these people. And that's something we made, huge priority the last time we did a bunch of reviews for employees was to pay them even better than we thought we were gonna so that you know they had the interest and would retain um you know it this the model needs you know three to five you know non-school adults um available throughout the week and then three to five high school kids to work the afternoons to help close up the shop so it, it takes just the right balance of kind of the Workforce of adults and the workforce of kids to uh, balance out the store, and it doesn't seem to be a short supply of the kids in the afternoon that want to come to work.
1: No, no, definitely not. I think it's always nice for to have that part of the business that's uh, that is a telltale franchising uh, thing to have high schoolers come in, and you know, a lot of very successful brands over the years have have had that, and a lot of people you know believe unreliable, don't really want to work, lazy, but I think at the end of the day. Uh, it's nice to be able to allow people to be the fabric of of a business like that, especially at such a young age. Um, you know, so in closing here, uh, you know, I would love to just ask a bit more about, you know, major plans you have for this year. This is 2022 is a big one for you guys. And so I'm mm-hmm. um, curious to hear about any major plans you have going on um and anything that you uh maybe you can't speak about all of it because you want to keep make some of it a surprise but anything interesting that we should know about in terms of the, what's going on for the rest of the year
0: uh we do have oh so oh, six to eight good candidates in the uh, sales queue right now um mostly in the florida area we are going to try to stay as close to home base as possible for the first few um first six to eight just to um you know make sure our learning curve for how we open these remotely um, gets shortened um, or the curve gets smaller, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, You know, after opening Orlando, we saw a lot of the holes that we needed to fill. And, you know, luckily we had a great franchisee there that, um, you know, understood what we were doing and what we needed to learn as well. So he's very flexible, we're blessed with that. Um, But I think you know, over the next six, eight months, I can see us uh, bringing in probably six deals in the state of Florida. Um, we'll sort of just parlay into other 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 places as well. Um, you know, I don't see us putting one in Montana anytime soon, or you know, anywhere so far away that it's unreachable on a you know quick flight or quick car ride. Um, you know, I do see the brand making more of an impact in each of these communities as we get larger and can help our franchisees put more to the bottom line, so that in turn we can even more so help the communities that they're in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I'm definitely looking forward to having one here soon when you guys are allowing us to do so. (laughs) Uh, I think it'll be a really nice thing. You know, I uh, I love to grow more than more than many people that I know in my life. So, uh, any opportunity to have uh, to have the the neighborly southern steer up here eventually, uh, I would love. I know Illinois is a little bit uh, off the radar for now, but hopefully that'll change. But uh, really, really excited to have you on, Greg. Thanks so much uh, for for hopping on Modern Business. Uh, If, if, you know, if somebody wants to go learn a little bit more about you guys, uh, where can they go? Uh,
0: Southernsteer.com is the uh, website for the stores. And uh, southernsteerfranchising.com is our uh, website for the uh, franchise company. And there is a link on southernsteer.com to get to the franchise site as well.
1: Perfect. Well, folks, you heard the guy. Uh, If anybody wants to go and check out Southern Steer, if they're listening, uh, please go ahead and do so. Also, if you'd like to listen to more episodes like this, uh, please go to Modern Business. That is M-O-D-R-N Business, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Make sure to click that subscribe button as well. Uh, Looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you in person very, very soon, Greg. Uh, Thanks again. Uh, Folks, thank you for listening. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you all in person once again very soon. Cheers.